It's awkward intro time. Ooh. And we're back with another <laughs> episode. Uh, we're covering the year of 2008 and helping us helping us do this uh, 2008 episode is co-host of Dairy Public Radio, Mr. Josh Kahn. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be back. Hooray. We like having you here. And my first time with Jonathan, proving yep. that he's real. <laughs> Can't prove anything. This is previously <laughs> recorded in a separate place. <laughs> Josh, I don't know if you know this, hmm. but uh, I, I was thinking about it, and I've realized that uh, we're doing 2008. This is the year we met. Oh Ooh. my God, is it? It sure is. I, That's I, wild. I went and confirmed it by looking up a... Uh, a review of the first play we worked on. Oh boy! Oh, which was oh no! Death of character. <laughs> Hell yeah! Holy shit! <laughs> uh, of which uh, I will say the the great Quad Cities reviewer Mike Schultz was uh, quite glowing of you and our late great friend Neil Freeberg. Oh, I don't remember mm. what the review said, but that's nice to hear. I loved. Oh my god. Working with him, the duo that we got to play was so amazing. Um, watching you two was pretty <laughs> wonderful. I didn't get an audition for that one, so I just ended up being the assistant stage manager and uh, your your understudy. My understudy. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike, uh, as we discussed on Dairy Public Radio, when Ben was my understudy, you didn't hate me for it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, well, Sweet that's because I didn't know you at the time. I agree to hate you later. <laughs> Good. All right. We got there. And that's what's important. Eventually, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now that we got that out of the way. Will you send down. that review to me, by the way? I, I absolutely will uh, whenever we're done because I have it on one computer and I don't have my, <laughs> face, my Facebook Fair over enough. there. All right. I guess we can do your show before I read more about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kind of game. little stroke of the ego there. <laughs> mm. Well, now we're going to harass you and ask you a few questions. Let's do it. Okay. Since I, since I kind of gave part of it away, the year's 2008. Uh, if you don't mind telling us, how old were you and do you have any memories of the time? How old was I in 2008? I don't know how old I am now, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's fair. So I was 23. Oh, my goodness. That was a huge year for me. Uh Jeez. Uh, so I was uh, in community theater and I was in college at Blackhawk. And this was the first year I auditioned for comedy sports, which uh, is a worldwide improv comedy head to head show. Uh, and it is. We have a chapter in Richmond. Just to Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And uh, and I auditioned for that and that. Uh, getting into improv is what ended up opening up like a bunch of doors for me. A whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anything else? I can't think of anything. All I'm not right. good. I'm not good with years, man. I'm so bad with years. That's fair. That's fair. They all uh, run together sometimes. Right? Yeah. I, I mostly did. And I did a lot of drinking. <laughs> so much in college this, this isn't drinking age movies anymore <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. uh yeah i mostly denote years by the movies or the uh the plays that i worked on so <laughs> it's kind of what sparked the memory here 
Um, all right. So our second question, what are some formative films that got you into being interested in film? That's a great question. Um, Clue is first and foremost, oh, that's one of my all time favorites. Uh, and uh, it's one of those movies that I watched so many times that I at one point could just quote word for word through watching it. Uh, I would also say <laughs> The Lion King. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> the Lion King. I don't know what about it, but I just, I guess I, I was that magic age when it came out and it was yeah. just a movie that it has still to this day been my I'm feeling bummed movie. And which is crazy because a, the father dies in it and yeah. i mean it's just a total cheery it's picture. just it's a, it's a, a real upper um, yeah, absolutely but i don't know it's, it's like it's my i'm bummed out i need to feel good movie that's always nice. been that for me and and as jonathan always says it was the best movie of the disney renaissance <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> no Okay, I'm kidding. Everybody knows it's the rescuers down under. Calm down. <laughs> oh, that movie slaps. That movie <laughs> <Right>? shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I can tell you the movie that was most burned into my brain. Okay. Uh, it wasn't formative. Well, maybe it was kind of formative, turned out for what I do now. Uh, it's a scene from the movie Firestarter when uh, <laughs> Rainbird karate chops a man's nose bone through his brain. Oh yeah. I saw it and I still think about it. I didn't even watch the whole movie. I just saw that scene when I was a kid <laughs> and it has just stayed with me forever. Yeah. Like pet cemetery with me. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, when that kid gets hit, that shit just stuck in my brain. There's two <laughs> things, two things in my brain that will never escape. No matter what I try to put in there. It's that scene. And one time while watching unsolved mysteries, when a baby carriage fell out of somebody's car, Holy shit. Oh. I don't know why those two things are just ingrained <laughs> in my brain from being a child, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fuck your kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. And our third and most important question, and the most important question asked of any human being ever Have you seen and what do you think of the 2019 masterpiece that is Cats? I refuse to watch it on principle. <laughs> yes. Uh, because I. <laughs> have seen that show live three times oh yeah Why? no that show's terrible <laughs> that sh okay uh stay with me the music is terrible but i don't care about music i don't really like or listen to music all that much so i can ignore that what i love is the dancing it is a such a dance heavy show it, and it i'm sure. always blown away by the dancers that they bring on to do a show like Cats. So that's why I've seen it live so many times. I think it kicks ass. Very fair. I couldn't tell you a lyric from a single song, probably. <laughs> but it's great. That's a Don't unique worry. take. I like that. I like that you found a new way to appreciate it. No, oh, thank you. Well, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie.
Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. I'm Joshua Kahn. And we are your Oscar Grouches. And welcome back to the Oscar Worthy Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we are watching Slumdog Chamillionaire, the producers of the popular... <laughs> Uh, game show, try to catch Dev Patel riding dirty, but maybe fate is just on his side. <laughs> oh, they caught him riding dirty pretty early that's in this movie. A, that's amazing. <laughs> I tried to be a little uh, era appropriate with this <laughs> silly introduction. <laughs> you fucking nice. nailed it, my friend. Um, you well you knocked that one out of the park. <laughs> All right. Uh, is this everybody's first time seeing Slumdog Millionaire? Yes. Nope. No. No for me. Ooh. All right. And I like straight up just watched it. Ooh, nice, nice. Like literally just watched. Yeah, it. I like I logged. It. I told <laughs> Paul I might be a little late because I'm starting it exactly two hours before this recording. Well, good job. Time All right, management. so Jonathan, do you remember your yeah. first time seeing this film? No, I just remember somebody going, "You should watch this movie," and I was like, "All right, I'll go watch that movie." It was probably me, wasn't it? <laughs> it may not have been you. I, I remember getting the uh what is it, Jai Ho? Like Jai Ho! In, like just stomped into my head for like an entire year. <laughs> Fair enough. And then going, fine, I'll watch the fucking movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Zach, do you remember your first time? Yeah, I forgot to look at my ticket stub, but this is one I saw in theaters. Caitlin and I went um saw that. Uh yeah a couple times since then how about you i'm sure you saw it in theaters oh yeah absolutely i mean uh, as i've discussed many many times i saw the movie train spotting yeah and i didn't like missing danny boyle films at movie theaters if i could help it mm-hmm. and this one i was able to catch in movie theaters so I saw it nice all right let's do an oscar breakdown Break it down! is the 81st Academy Awards, and it is a fiery February 22nd, 2009. Uh, we are still like at the Kodak Theater there, in Zach. Hollywood. What? That's how I was telling Zach I liked his little Foley work there. It was very oh, nice. nice. <laughs> We're still at the Kodak Theater in Hollywood. Uh, our host this evening is one huge Ackman. Huge Ackman. Ackman. Uh, who does an incredible opening number. I think I remember that. Opening. Try to remember to post that one this episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish I would have let you guys uh, try to find it so you guys could watch it because it is hilarious. Yeah. I do remember it. Uh, our most nominated film on the evening is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button at 13. Hmm. Our most sure. awarded. I said, sure. Our most awarded. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Our most awarded film on the evening is Slumdog Millionaire at eight. All right. Slumdog Millionaire wins Best Picture, giving Christian Coulson an Academy Award for producing. It beats out The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader, which if you get to see Hugh Jackman's opening number, he did not see The Reader. <laughs> sings about it specifically that's amazing yeah it was it was incredible <laughs> uh our best director goes to danny boyle for slumdog millionaire best actor 
goes to Sean Penn for Milt, giving him his second Academy Award. For some reason, Dev Patel, not nominated. Mm. And bullshit. That that reason's racism, I guarantee you. I, I can assure you it is, because <laughs> the Academy yeah. doesn't like to nominate Asian people. It's yeah. been a running it's been a running theme, and it'll continue to be a running theme. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's just Josh giving us the eek face. <laughs> eek! It's just, it's <laughs> not good, man. Uh, the truth hurts. Mickey Rourke was my choice for this yeah. year. In fact, yeah. In fact, I have my 2008 Academy Awards ballot. Ooh! Ooh. I have that Build same that one somewhere. I should have looked for it. Uh, <clears throat> so far, in the categories, I got Best Picture, I got Best Director, and I lost Best Actor. Mm-hmm. You fool. <laughs> I really thought this was Mickey Rourke's year. Yeah. So did most Should people. Have been. All right. We'll best actress goes to Kate Winslet for The Reader. I love you, Kate. Yeah, she's pretty great. Kate the Great. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor goes to Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight, giving him an posthumous Academy Award. Still no nominations for this film, though. Best Supporting Actress goes to Penelope Cruz for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah. Forgot that movie existed. That's that's an interesting film. Yeah. 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 Let me me some Rebecca Hall. Mm. Mm. Uh, Original Screenplay goes to Milk, giving Dustin Lance Black an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beating Out in Bruges, giving Martin McDonough a nomination. Fuck. Yeah. So good. And Bruges is so good. Is it, it certainly is. Uh my pick on this one was Wally. Yeah. Wally is fantastic. Continuing on, speaking of Wally, wins best animated feature. Hello. I oh, think sorry, you skipped. I, I skipped over best adapted screenplay, which goes to Slumdog Millionaire, giving the great Simon Beaufoy an Academy Award. Uh you may know him best as the writer of The Full Monty. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That movie also rules. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, w- I watched it about 10 or so weeks ago, and it's still, <laughs> it's still very good. Good. All right. Uh, our best foreign language feature goes to Departures from Japan. The documentary feature goes to Man on Wire. Oh, yeah. Which, God. for some reason, Robert Zemeckis goes on to make... Uh, live action film narrative film starring <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. <laughs> the weird choice. It's ev- everything about that movie is weird, <laughs> including Joseph Gordon Levitt's accent. <laughs> uh, all right. Best documentary short subject goes to Smile Pinky. Interesting. Best live action short film goes to Toyland. Fun for Girl and Boyland. Uh, best animated short film goes to Les Maisons en Petite Cubes. The small cubes. Sounds cute. Yeah. Uh, best original score goes to Slumdog Millionaire, giving A.R. Rahman an Academy Award. I love the fact that uh, that animated short film has a French title. It's a Japanese film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sure, yeah, it sure is. Outstanding. <laughs> Directed by Kunio Kato. So it was uh, one one uh, person on the score for this, did you say? Yeah, A.R. Rahman. Okay. Other things are 
like soundtrack contributions, but him specifically did the score. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, best original song goes to Jai Ho from Slumdog Millionaire, giving A.R. Rahman his second Academy Award on the evening. Uh, it was co-written by Gulzer. Hmm. And uh, Jai Ho beats out Osaya from Slumdog Millionaire, written by A.R. Rahman and M.I.A. Hell yeah, M.I.A. As we all know, flies like paper and gets high like planes. <laughs> Catch me on the corner. She's got Visa in her names. That's right. Did not know the lyrics to that song until watching this movie and having closed captions on. I was like, oh, this <laughs> really? is fascinating. <laughs> that was another song that got pounded in my head. Mm. I love that song. Me too. It's I, not a bad song. I just... It was pounded. It's a lot. <laughs> I worked in a movie store when Pineapple Express came out, and so that trailer was on every other round. I'd say, <laughs> hilariously, I found that song through the Pineapple Express trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our sound editing goes to The Dark Knight. Sweet. Beating Slumdog Millionaire. Best sound mixing goes to Slumdog Millionaire. Beating The Dark Knight. Uh, best art direction goes to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Best cinematography goes to Slumdog Millionaire, giving Anthony Dodd Mantle an Academy Award. Uh, of course, Roger Deakins is in the category. Hmm. Uh, our best makeup goes to the curious case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. Beating Good out the, the Dark Knight and Hellboy <laughs> 2, the Golden Army. Uh, uh, where's Hellboy 2's Oscar? Hellboy 2 was pretty great. I think it's better than the first one. I, I can agree with that. I also like I, the two animated films. I would love a good Hellboy. I need to watch those. Hmm. <laughs> I... I was kind of hoping that the two Hellboy movies were going to lead to a BPRD movie. <laughs> Jesus. I love the BPRD comics. All right. Uh, best costume design goes to The Duchess. The Duchess. Good for her. The Duchess. Best film editing goes to Slumdog Millionaire. Honestly, I, I, I think that's pretty well deserved. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, best visual effects goes to the curious case of Benjamin Button beating out the Dark Knight and Iron Man. Mm. No. <laughs> just no. Come yeah, on. They made him a baby I, old man. That's I just, a baby old man. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out that the curious case of Benjamin Button here in the lower categories won two, three awards and two of those it strictly beat comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, for better or worse, Iron Man started the whole fucking thing. Right. Yeah, but I mean... And the visual effects to it were part of that. Like, that's why people... One of the reasons people came in droves was like, it's a cool-ass looking movie. It was a cool-ass looking movie. Yeah, well, I think if you put Iron Man and Benjamin Button, they're both responsible for a lot of MCU stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. with the de-aging well, and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know in 2008 that it was going to get as big as it did. Sure, we, we uh, like, three people stuck through the credits and saw Nick Fury <laughs> there. I'm just saying, I'm not seeing some weird Benjamin Button franchise started, which I would actually fucking watch if you just find out there's, like, <laughs> a whole bunch just, of people that have this weird aging, but it's not just, like, backwards aging. Like, one guy ages sideways, and he just ages into other people. Ooh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I gotta... 
I think we need to break down the physics of aging. Dude, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of <laughs> want to write that script now that I do write it. About write it. that like, shit. Dude, yes. Let's, it's the age of multiverse. You can get it sold. We'll see if uh we'll see if we can't get it put on the dairy public radio slate. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh we have a Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award, which goes to Jerry Lewis. Jerry fucking Lewis. Jerry fucking Lewis probably gets it for not releasing the day the clown cried. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Josh, are you aware of the movie The Day the Clown Cried? I am not. Jerry Lewis made a movie that he never released. And it's a film about a clown who is in a concentration camp. And it is his job to cheerfully lead children to gas chambers. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that sounds terrible. I can't remember. Did he play the clown? Yes, he played oh, the clown. God. And he directed the film. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> how long is it? I don't know how long it Can is. I, I want to watch it. it. It is sitting in Jerry Lewis's vault until like a specific wow. year. And then it, it may or may not be released upon the world. <laughs> I'm hoping. It sounds like utter madness. It Break does. into the vault. He, he apparently shows this film to people or showed this film to people. Jerry Lewis is no longer with us. Uh, and uh, it, I've heard mixed reviews from that. So I mean, I really want to see this. Movie I would love to see it just out of pure curiosity. <laughs> I, yeah. I honestly, I think I'm just, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I, I, well, that just, no. that just proves to me one thing. We need to cover it on the show when it comes out. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> We're all like in our late seventies, and guys, it's released. It's time. Yeah, and then when podcasts are all just played in the things that are jammed into your ears when you're yes. born. Yep, we'll we'll be on that. Exactly. Hell yeah, dystopia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right. So. Speaking of dystopia, we have a Gordon E. Sawyer Award this evening. Whoop, whoop. Oh. And it goes to Edwin Catmull. C-A-T-M-U-L-L. Mole. Uh, Edward Mole. Yep. What is this award for? It is a kind of a lifetime achievement in uh, technical science. Nice. Sciences and stuff. And a lot, of, go, a lot of cameras. Yeah, a lot of cameras. This guy's not a camera. The man is. himself is not a camera. No, no. Got he, it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, but he does have a doctorate in computer science. Ooh. Oh. And in 1974, he was hired by a company called Applicon. And by November the same year, had been contacted by the founder of the New York Institute of Technology, who offered him a position as the director of the new computer graphics lab at the New York Institute of Technology. And in that position in 1977, he invented tween software for 2D animation that automatically produced frames of motion in between two frames. Oh, wow. That's wild. It's a terrible name, but it's <laughs> yeah, a no. wild product. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not great. And in in retrospect, it's even worse once we start calling pre-tween pre-teens tweens. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's better than the original name, which was Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one just got taken over. Yeah, that. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, <laughs> on that note, I have to share the story quickly. Uh, oh, please do. My wife is a twin, and um, when she and her brother were younger, her mom would call them the Twinks. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. And I, I still don't think she knows what else that might mean. So, I hope, anyway, I hope she still does it. Then, amazing. <laughs> I love everything oh about this. God. <laughs> All right. Um, in 1979, George Lucas came to Catmull himself and asked him and his group to bring computer graphics, video editing, and digital audio into the entertainment field. Uh, and asked them to create a digital model of an X-Wing fighter from Star Wars, which they did, which Ooh. is a test you can find on YouTube. Amazing. Nice. And they gave him the nickname Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, I don't understand that reference. And George Lucas said, don't worry. In, in 20 <laughs> years, you'll get it. And a movie that everybody's going to love. <laughs> And Star Wars fandom won't be toxic douchebags for the rest of time. Hooray! I hate liking things that jackasses like. (laughs) Uh, And in 1979, Catmull became the vice president at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, uh, the computer graphics division at Lucasfilm. In 1986, Steve Jobs bought Lucasfilm's digital division and turned it into Pixar. Mm Mm-hmm where Catmull would work for pretty much the rest of his career. Uh, Catmull and the bane of the existence of uh, Disney these days, John Lasseter, were given control of Disney Toon Studios, where they oversaw Pixar, Disney Animation, and Disney Toons. And in in 2010, Catmull was uh, called out as one of the defendants in a high-tech employee antitrust litigation. This guy's and, life took a turn. Yeah, it took a real dark dun, turn. Dun. Uh, in which, apparently, Adobe, Apple, Google, Intel, Intuit, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and eBay all shook hands and said they would not code cold call each other's employees to try to headhunt them for their <laughs> for their own companies thus driving down competitive pay wages for each of those companies oh because if nobody's showing interest in you and your abilities and you're just being stuck in one place then obviously you're just doing an okay job so who wants to pay you more <sighs> fucking companies gosh like at first it sounded like okay i guess that makes sense you don't want companies uh hawking over your employees but then you made the point of why it's bad yeah uh people don't think about uh the darker implications of things sometimes and what may seem somewhat positive on the surface can really hurt a lot of people yeah. I just go ahead and assume any corporate decision is probably a bad idea. Yeah, especially if it's just, that many huge corporations. Yeah. Like, oh, Honestly, <laughs> those specific corporations, I, I definitely think anytime they make a decision, it is the worst idea ever. It's dangerous. And either anti-consumer or anti-employee. Yeah. Guaranteed. Too bad. Uh, in November 2014, the general managers of Disney Animation and Pixar were both promoted to president, 
but both continued to report to Catmull, who retained the title of president of Walt Disney and Pixar. He retired on October 23rd, 2018, and he stayed on as advisor through July 2019. He is now retired and uh, still alive. Still alive. Oh, good friend. I need baby. Oh, it's baby <laughs> time. It's baby, baby time. time. She's so tired. Mr. Lovin. And she's so sweaty. Oh, baby. Oh, hello. Oh, oh, my yeah. God. Look at that cutie. Uh, Hi. Everybody's cute. Everybody's <laughs> so you a cutie. sleepy. Yeah. She just got <laughs> off a two-hour drive. Oh. <laughs> Daddy kisses night-night, and I'll see you in the morning. Big baby snuggles. <laughs> Can Daddy have kisses? That's how tired right here. I look when I finish a drive just going down to yeah. 7-Eleven. <laughs> I love you. This all stays all right. in the cut, right? Probably. Or, I hope so. <laughs> trab and... Now that we said that, it definitely <laughs> will. All right. All right. Sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. We're just going to wrap up on Edwin Catmull, hero to all, except the employees of Adobe, <laughs> Apple, Inc., Google, <laughs> Intel, Intuit, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and eBay. Thanks for inviting me on the new show, Catmull Cast. Yes. We just <laughs> yeah. talk about this guy's career. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, we're, we're, think, we're reshopping the title right Rebranding. now. We're calling, nice. it, we're calling it Castmull. Cast, there it is. Cast, That's yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that had a better ring to it. There we go. All right. That's our Oscar there we go. There we go, indeed. So let's talk about this movie. This movie. Let's talk about this movie. This movie. <sighs> God, I love this movie so much. It's it is so one of very good. Like it's really well paced. Yeah, pretty well paced in, in like a really perfect fucking way. Like you, it's got a little bit of everything into it, and it puts it in the most makes sense way. And I I love this movie, and it ends with a really good dance scene. Yeah, that's a great dance sequence. Yeah. yeah. Unlike last time I was on the show when uh, Deer Hunter won best editing and I argued against it, Slumdog, <laughs> it really makes sense. Like, it, the, you're right, the pace is perfect. Like, the scenes and the moments just hang on for just long enough to let you just be there and then moves on. It's wonderful. Yep. Yeah, and they, 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 they give you an appropriate framing device. <laughs> and they cut back to that framing device when it feels the absolute most necessary. Yeah. Mm. And the fact that we get the flashbacks within flashbacks, also good. Love that, that is pretty yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, first time watching it. Just finished it. Yeah. How, how do you feel overall? You feel uh, it's it might be one of the best movies I've ever seen. Ooh. Oh. I I was very very impressed. And cool. I'm really sad that I waited so long to watch it. That'll happen. I do because I didn't. I didn't know a single thing about it. I knew that it, w- it involved uh, who wants to be a millionaire, and that's all I knew. <laughs> and so this whole thing was just a mind fuck for me. <laughs> well, glad to share in that with you. Yeah. That, so I'm glad we could give you a reason to watch it. <laughs> so one best adapted screenplay, which is was it loosely based on a true story? that if I'm, I'm remembering that correctly it's based on a novel ah inspirations the idea for the story came from a report in a local newspaper about children living in india slums using mobile phones and the internet and around the same time charles ingram a british army major was found guilty of cheating in the british version of the television show who wants to be a millionaire oh. to quote swarup if a british army major can be accused of cheating 
then any ignorant Tiffin boy from the world's biggest slum can definitely be accused of cheating. I hope I didn't just use a really bad slur. <laughs> you're reading a quote. Oh, you know, when you're in trouble partway into a sentence and then you're like, ah, hope that was all right. I just said it and I had a hyperlink and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it is a Indian English word for a type of meal. Okay. I like meals. So we're all right. <laughs> uh, and, and if I just said something out of turn, I apologize. I was reading a quote verbatim and yeah, that happens. But yeah, this movie. Okay. There is one of the true story things in it that really like messed me up though. Mm, and that, yeah. the, the blinding the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like I immediately no. paused and Googled, is that a thing? Uh, which didn't get me any results because I just put, is that a thing? <laughs> but, <laughs> I was, but I was so upset that I couldn't that's think Google any further. Right and then, yeah. yeah, I checked it and they were like, yeah, that happens. And I was like, that's fucking madness. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I the first time I saw it, I thought they were like going to castrate him or something to make his voice stay the same, like you know, oh god, that would be boys and stuff. Too. Yeah, which is also a very real thing. Man. Yeah, that's a white people thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just what Catholics yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Catholics. So okay, I really like this movie. Um. It, That's it. it. Does, Good night, it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Done it. It it borderlines one thing. It borderlines one thing that Paul has stated. There, there's you know a line between watching a movie and it making you want to watch. Like, hey, I like this movie. It makes me want to watch something else. Versus, man, I wish I was watching this other movie instead of this one. Um, is the movie your you were wishing you were watching RRR. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I still need to watch that. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> but it teeters in the line. When I'm watching this, I'm, I'm, I I think about Children of Men a lot. Or, or, no, not Children of Men. What am I talking? City of God. My, City of God. Oh, okay, God. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. I was actually in really interested in how you were going to link them. Yeah, I, I wanted to hear that, that one. <laughs> I wish I had a link, but I meant City of God. Because um, they're visually very similar they got a lot of the kind of similar editing styles and the a lot of the on the ground or from the rooftop camera swoops and chasing kids around and stuff so i always think of that and city of god's one of my favorite movies and i feel like slumdog millionaire is not quite as good as city of god but i still really like it i can agree with that i i can agree with that i have not seen city of god it's phenomenal City of Men is also really good. Children yeah. of Men is great. Children of Men. That's why I was thinking of it because there's did it. City of Men. <laughs> yep. And City of Lost Children is also very good. I haven't seen that. That's great. It's a Jean-Pierre Genet film. Okay, um, I'm writing that down. Uh, stars Ron Perlman. Yeah, but did they burn know. out any kids' eyes in that one? I don't remember. Exactly. No, but City of Angels makes you want to burn out your eyes. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't want the world... <laughs> To see you. <laughs> it really hung in the air there for a little while. It was either that or you just go straight up for the iris joke. <laughs> yeah. 
burn out my iris. All right. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so I, I like this movie because it, I think it drew a lot of attention towards India's caste system as well mm-hmm. without actually like shoving it down at you. Cause it was like, Hey, you know, why is this guy, why is like the TV show host? So anti letting this kid win money. Right. Just because he's not good enough. Like it's and the it, Chaiwala. It's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's very classist. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was some criticism of the movie when it came out for its depiction of India and and you know, I'm guard my words here because I don't want to say anything inflammatory, but notorious for areas of overpopulation and you know the polluted rivers and things and it's it's just sad to watch a lot of this because of the poverty and the the filth and stuff and it well because most of what you see especially in film when it comes to india is you're only given that right you know really good looking stuff yeah, uh, you see the vibrant colors and you see the great dancing and the beautiful women and everything and you're just you're not shown that that's just coming from one small portion of the entire yeah. country. Yeah. yeah, so so you're either getting you're either getting that from like Bollywood uh-huh. at this point or you're getting a very colonialist look at yeah. at India through the eyes of people like Rudyard Kipling. Right. Yeah. Or uh or George Orwell, who did a really great sh- short story called The Shooting of Elephants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so you're not you're not seeing the ripples of what colonialism has caused and right. how how India has been coping with the uh, exorcism of British rule. Yeah, like in a in a very honest way. Uh, and you start seeing films like uh, come come out of not Bollywood, but other Indian provinces, stuff like Delhi Belly, that is very inspired by Western and Western media or like the Hong Kong film scene that's very violent and very uh, g- more grounded in reality. Oh. So, so those kinds of films are also coming out around this time. So it's hard to say what the criticism is going for whether we're criticizing an outside look at India or if there really is some kind of disparity. But I mean, you know, Josh, after he, he corrected his Google search says, you know, he finds immediately that some of the things in this film are happening in India. Right. So I don't know. It's pretty sensitive, but there are things out there that kind of show that, those criticisms may not be in good faith. Yeah. Do you know what drew uh, Danny Boyle to this specifically? Not specifically. No, I, I believe I read that it was specifically Simon Bofoy that got him on board. Okay. Who uh, Bofoy had read the, the book and started adapting the screenplay. And when they talked to, boil about it in the first place he wasn't interested because he didn't want to do a movie about who wants to be a millionaire Mm -hmm. but he was such a huge fan of the full monty because who wouldn't be it's a great film Mm -hmm. uh 
he was such a big fan of that film that when he heard Bofoy was on board, he immediately went back and read the script and liked the way that it was set up and paced and all the things we've already praised it for. Nice. I was also a big fan of MIA at the time, and I enjoyed the soundtrack. You know, we talked about, you know, paper planes being overplayed and stuff. But when it when I saw the movie in the theater and when that song started playing when they were on the train, I was like, it, it sounded so good in the theater. And that it really was, worked. It really fit. It did. It literally yep. says sitting on trains while they're <laughs> sitting on top of trains. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of synchronicity I like in my movies. That's right. But but not as bad as like, you know, uh, Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, right. Songs about what is exactly going on screen at that moment. Mm-hmm. Every song. That that whole montage though of them just being little hustlers is oh, yeah. amazing. Hi. Like those those little montages do so much world building without a single word of dialogue. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. terrific. Yep. Very well done. Just yeah, great visual storytelling. And I think they did really good casting with the the, the kids too. The, through their different um, age periods, they mm-hmm. absolutely good actors and resembled each other, and very nice. Oh yeah, this, like this I movie mean, does. Oh, go ahead, Jonathan. No, I was just saying, like the kid that played uh, Salim, like the other kid, man, he just had a face that was just punch worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never wanted a. <laughs> punch a fucking kid as much as like when kids smiled because he was being a douchebag this movie did one of those things that I really love when they do this multi-generational kind of story and they managed to cast this trio of characters with the same chemistry and sometimes you lose that in those uh, era jumps with different actors, but there's never a sense of time that you lose a sense of any of these characters or how they feel about each other. It's all just, it's all just implied and carried over from these other performances and just built on. It's amazing. It's a really good point. That's true. Yeah. I know you mentioned Deb Patel uh, not getting nominated and I think he's very good. I, I don't know that I liked him better than, Mickey work, but he'd probably deserve to be nominated at least. Oh, I, th- I think he deserved to be nominated. I'm, I'm saying I would easily kick out Brad Pitt or Sean Penn to put him in here. Hmm. And that's not to say that Brad yep. Pitt did a bad job in the curious case of Benjamin Button. I think he's fine in that movie. I think he's better in a lot of, of other movies and right. He's been nominated, but Sean yeah. Penn and milk is a hard performance to be. I don't like Sean Penn. I'm, I'll kick Sean Penn out specifically because he just won an Academy Award five years ago. Oh, I didn't know there were rules on how often you can be amazing, Paul. <laughs> I'm not saying that. He wasn't amazing yeah. in 2000. Someone really tell Meryl Streep. She has a cap and she has three Academy Awards <laughs> and at least one of them she does not deserve. <laughs> but no, I agree. He should definitely have been nominated. Yeah, I just like new blood in the category. Right. And yeah. It's and kind not, of hard though with with a role like this because of of who Jamal is. So much of uh so much of his performance has to be reined in because uh, of how often he's just kind of stoic and yeah, yeah. um and, and reflecting. 
So, I mean, yes, that's very challenging. The hardest acting to do is acting when you don't have dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so like, yeah. I, I think maybe that's why. The first part, yeah, when it's just him at the game show, um, it doesn't really seem like he's acting very well. But then you get the backstory and you understand why he's he is what he is, mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. he's in the position he's in. Yep. And, yeah. I mean, this was his first on-screen role. Oh, that I'd I'd forgotten that. That's 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 why even more amazing. Yeah, uh, him and Frida Pinto, their their wow. first time acting. Who dated screen. for like six years after this, didn't they? Yeah. I would too. Yeah. <laughs> God, she is a uh, she is quite gorgeous. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Even with that disgusting scar on her face. I love scars. You know what? Especially, yeah. The, the, <laughs> uh, the love and attention that Scar was given. I was like, all right, guys, cool it. <laughs> it's becoming kind of fetishy at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm one for fetishes, so. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> I have a good friend who is very specifically uh, into facial scars, so shout out to, she goes by Minerva, so I'll call her that. Amazing. I, I've got a few of those. I can... I can meet with Minerva. <laughs> <laughs> She's Scottish too, so. God damn it! <laughs> oh, let me let me rub my nose, Scar. Now, <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody yeah. else got any notes on a film that we all love and have difficulties talking about movies that we love? Yeah, it's mm. it's always hard to get into these ones. I, you know, the uh, movie that shit. The. <laughs> Something, another thing that this movie is absolutely amazing at is the the antagonists. Every antagonist that they come up against challenges them in such a different and unique way, all while maintaining that oppressive energy, that yeah. uh, that class system that I'm better than you, I'm superior to you. And yeah. every the different ways they keep these people under their thumb and they just keep rising over the top. It's so subtle but mm. the the villains the story's not great if there aren't great villains right right that's a good point because yeah you start off with a savior that you're gonna you know do whatever he wants because he literally saved you from the streets quote unquote and then then there's ruled by fear then there's ruled by violence and yeah uh i will mm-hmm. say i like a lot of the art that they used as cinematic parallels to the characters like oh. constantly bringing up the three musketeers yeah <laughs> uh, the opera that they go see the one about eurydice um mm-hmm. is apparently about a, a man who like goes through hell and back to to find the woman he loves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i um. i I like a nice cinematic parallel. Like Jumping, that. actually, let's talk about that final question, though. It might be my only gripe about this movie. It was that's so like, freaking That's easy. a round three question, I'm pretty yeah. sure, on who wants to I be I thought the same thing. I was like, this is fucking madness. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. Oh, and apparently the guy who plays the host on here was an actual who wants to be a millionaire winner. Hell yeah. Ooh, he that's amazing. He didn't win 20 million rupees, but he won like five, which I think is incredible. Yeah. So uh, 20 million rupees is apparently only like $281,000 in 2008. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your guys' take on the the bathroom scene? 
at the end I, with Celine. The, I didn't the no the bathroom scene it, with oh. uh, with the writing the letter on the on the mirror. Oh, that one. Okay, I, I, I thought felt... you were talking about the jumping in the poop. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> There's a lot of bathroom stuff in this movie. There is. Now that, yeah, now that I sure say is. it, the jumping in the poop was terrible. The jumping in the poop was terrific. I didn't think it was that bad. Was, I don't know. It, it was just over the top enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and gag. Then, and then disgustingly sets up everything you know need to know about Salim's character when he sells it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. just a simple thing informed that entire character for the rest of the movie. Yeah. That was that fucking smile. But, like when he told yeah. him, he's like, I just do he said he was gonna give me good money. He smiled. I'm like, I wanna punch that kid so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the bathroom, dude writes a B on the mirror that we were talking about. Yeah. I what's the question here? I I felt like I I don't know. There's something I felt like I was missing from that scene. Like there was a layer of subtext that I wasn't quite getting from that conversation. So I think, that's and kind the, of and where the intentional I, wrong answer. So that's where I was kind of talking about the subtle ways that they were kind of in the show because he did not want him to win because he thought that he just didn't deserve it because of his place in the world. Mm-hmm. So he was setting him up to fail. He wanted him to fail because there was no way he was going to let somebody of that status win. A slum dog. Yeah. So it and it also kind of brings you forward. You know, they, they use it as a plot device as well, so that that's why he got arrested was because he's like, I think he's cheating because I gave him an answer and he went with the right answer. So it multi-use but i think the mo the biggest thing you're supposed to take away from that was you know hey this kid does not deserve to win why can't give the slum dogs hope yeah but he says one of the things that he says and i mean and i know some of it is just to earn his trust by you know building him up but he he equates his own rise to the same success and he says that he will. He also says he was from the slums, or do we think that was a, a put on just to get him to trust him? I think it's possible that he was, but that probably the reason, another reason why he would want to keep him down. You know, it's the best way to make yourself look better is to make everyone else look bad, especially yeah. people from where you're from. Yeah, so, it's just a, another another head to step on as he tries to rise. Yeah, and if 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 it if the caste system makes you competitive against people from your same disadvantaged group, there's only so much room at the they let you think there's only so much room at the top mm-hmm. for the disadvantaged so you don't want to be the one to slip back down the ladder what does it take to be okay. number yeah. one two is not a winner <laughs> and three nobody remembers <laughs> i love you zach <laughs> i love you too can you just curate a oscar worsty spotify radio station that's I'm trying. Still the songs saying during the Trav's gonna work on that. <laughs> Our number one single, uh, Cheetos Mac Cheese. Oh yeah, we need uh, the remix now. Oh, oh, we, we do need the remix. Set it up. Cheetos Cotton Candy. What the or whatever fuck? it is. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was Cotton <laughs> Candy, candy Mac, Mac and Cheese. cheese. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, oh, that looks horrible. Planet anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's move on here and uh, go ahead and ask Paul: Is this movie in the library? This movie is not. Yeah. It is a British film. Uh, It was looked at as kind of like a de facto foreign language film win. Mm -hmm. uh, Because 
it uh, multilingual. Yeah, much much like um, the Last Emperor, it wasn't done with any Hollywood money and had foreign representation, but it wasn't like completely foreign language done by that country. Gotcha. All right, we have two films from 2008 that are in, uh, and we have discussed both of them when we listed the two years that we have talked about since we started the show. Say that again. That was very (laughs) cryptic. Yeah. I I didn't think it was that. Okay. So we, as a cold open, we have talked Uh about two years, uh, two classes Uh, that have gotten in the 2020 class and the 2021 class. Okay. And both of these films we have talked about, in those. Oh, okay. Too bad I can't remember. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Man on Wire 2020 as one of them. Okay. Maybe. The Boy in Striped Pajamas 2019. <laughs> All right. Josh, you want to guess a movie that went in from 2008? I'm going to guess The Dark Knight in 2020. Josh is the only person to get one. <gasps> and he got the year. <gasps> nah. Hell Look yeah. The other movie that went in was Wally. Oh, in I was say Wally. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Dark Knight is in. I'd forgot that. Yep. That's, that's good. Good. Yeah. And Wally. Okay, those are two good picks. Good I job. I can't believe Wally. I got that. All right. Hell we yeah. Have, we have two movies left on this list over mm-hmm. the next two years. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll okay. discuss those in the next two weeks. El Discusso. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do a quick Razzie roundup here. Um, and on the year where Slumdog Millionaire is the best picture, the worst picture is The Love Guru. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, oh. That's, that's hard to argue against. Wow. Uh, I can make an argument against it. Okay, go for it. Because In the Name of the King was nominated for Worst Picture as well. Oh, god damn it. Once you have again, again? Right. <laughs> <sighs> they're, just right. Sa- they're saving him for the uh, worst winner. That, or man, worst loser. Uh, Love Guru doesn't actually deserve that spot because it has one of the best jokes ever. And that is the, when his greeting of Mariska Hargitay when he says it to Mariska Hargitay. It is one of the best things ever, and it's the only thing I remember from that terrible movie. <laughs> um, see here. Worst actor went to Mike Myers for Love Guru, beating out Larry, uh, Larry the Cable Guy in Witless Protection. <laughs> Why is anybody beating Larry the Cable Guy for worst actor? That makes no sense. And uh, Al Pacino as well in 88 Minutes and Righteous Kill, and uh, Mackie Mack in The Happening and Max Payne. Which okay. Max Payne was bad, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, I, worst actress. Oh, go ahead. I think that's one of those they're picking on the happening this year, aren't they? Uh, no, actually. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, worst actress went to Paris Hilton for the hottie and the naughty. Good. Paris. Good. Well deserved. You know, the other win she got, I thought was kind of shitty. She's yeah. really bad in that movie. The, the House <laughs> of Wax. Yeah. 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 
Uh, worst supporting actor goes to Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia, which <laughs> should have gone to everybody in Mamma Mia. That movie is fucking terrible. Okay, ABBA Mom... is fucking terrible. All right. I love ABBA, but that movie's oh, on. That I, movie is not terrible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna opposite Zach. I hate ABBA, but that movie rules. <laughs> I just love that Pierce Brosnan cannot sing. He cannot. And they were just like, "Fucking go for it," and he commits. But Johnny Depp did a really bad job in Sweeney Todd singing, and he got nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award, and that film's terrible. Yourself. And Johnny Depp should disappear from life because he sucks. Whoa. I heard that. Just because just of his acting. Worst supporting actress goes to Paris Hilton in Repo the Genetic Opera. Repo the Genetic Opera fucking rules. Yeah, that's a bullshit win. Yeah. Uh, beating out Carmen Electra and Kim Kardashian in Disaster Movie. That, and Jenny McCarthy in Witless Protection. That Disaster Movie was this year? That's like the worst movie I've ever seen it's in my pretty, whole life. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, worst screen couple goes to Paris Hilton and either Christine Lakin or Joel David Moore in The Hottie and the Naughty. Don't know these people. Uh, Christine Lakin was the tomboy from the movie or the TV show Step by Step. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Uh, Joel David Moore is the He plays weirdo. a nerd in a lot. Yeah, he's the weirdo programmer guy from... Uh, Grandma's boy. Oh, uh, Zach didn't see that because I did not. He takes. You should see Grandma's boy. Seasons. It's actually pretty funny. It's that awful. Movies. It's a terrible. I don't movie. like to laugh. <laughs> that movie is pretty funny. It, like it's not a good movie. No, it's not. But good. it's it's it's, but it's uh, funny. It, yeah, it's a uh, what is it? The Happy uh, Madison Happy Madison movie, but mm. that doesn't have Adam Sandler in it. Just everybody okay. else that's behind him. Mm. Um, let's see. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel goes to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, bullshit. Yes. That movie rules. That you movie guys want to hear the uh, nominations? I'm yeah, going to be sure. mad, but go on. Because it gets worse. Uh, the Day it the Earth Stood Still, which mm. was a good movie. I like that movie. Uh, disaster movie, which should have won. Obviously. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. And then just going to take my headphones off for real quick here. And uh, Speed Racer. Oh, he went the Why the angry. fuck would they nominate that? <laughs> <laughs> he tricked you. <laughs> Got your ears. Uh, I haven't, see I haven't watched Speed Racer. Paul, it's, you should have given me that movie to watch for when it, for its Oscar. We, we've it, covered it, it on the show. Birthday. <laughs> the birthday oh, we did on my birthday episode. That's amazing. Because <laughs> that film is perfect. All right. Uh, worst director goes to Uwe Boll for oh, 1968 good. Tunnel Rats in the Name of the King and Postal. Four. Oh. Did you just name four movies? Wow. Uh, three movies. Okay. <laughs> three movies. Uh, two of which I've never even fucking heard of. I've heard of Postal. It's based yeah. off a video game, of course. Postal's mm -hmm. terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I love how the tagline is live action South Park. God, get fucked. <laughs> get fucked. Oh, J.K. Simmons, no. <laughs> no. No. All right. He was uh, he was in between move. Uh, yeah, it was a real paycheck movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, worst screenplay goes to the Love Guru, and worst career achievement goes to Uwe Boll, Germany's answer to Ed Wood. Well, I was <sighs> I was thinking Ed Wood in the back of my head, but you know, like even worse. 
But the difference is Edward liked movies. More like Edward <laughs> not. <laughs> it just pisses me off the most that the picture that they have of Uwe Boll on Wikipedia is him wearing an three shirt because <laughs> fuck him so much. Just eat a whole bag of dicks. <laughs> Big old sloppy bag of dicks. Like, no, I want them to be like super like schmegma filled bag of dicks. God. <laughs> That's worse than the poop scene in Slumdog. <laughs> Good. That's what he deserves. Just a pile of dick cheese. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Dick cheese. Do, do, dick, 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 dick cheese. Do you ever listen to Richard Cheese? Yes. Oh, the Richard Cheese. Yeah, Richard Cheese loud, is amazing. Loud singer? Yeah. Yep, lounge Against the Machine? Yeah. Go back and listen to some Richard Cheese. Makes me want to watch uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, come on, get down with the sickness. <laughs> All right. So, Josh, uh, you've been here before. You know how this works. We're going to ask you a couple of questions, and we're going to go down the line. First question is, does this movie deserve Best Picture? 100%. All right. I'm going to agree with you. This movie does deserve Best Picture. Um, the only other nomination that I've seen this year was uh, Benjamin Button. I like Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button is not a fucking Oscar-nominated movie. Or should not have been an Oscar-nominated movie. Like, Very Oscar-baby, though, kind of, you know. I don't think so. I think it like was just an interesting semi-sci-fi movie, mm. in a way, with, you know, hottie Brad Pitt for some time, and then other weird, really Brad Pitt. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good movie. It was a way too fucking long for what it is movie. Mm. Um, and the wrestler was not fucking nominated, and it should have been. God, the wrestler is so good. It's it's, so the wrestler very, very is good. almost a perfect. And I, I'm happy that Mickey Rourke got nominated, but I don't feel like that was enough. So, um, Milk, I've only enough. seen bits and pieces of. I don't like Sean Penn. Just don't like him. Fuck that guy. Uh, Frost Nixon's one of those movies I've wanted to see but i've never gone to it just kind of seems like i need to have something going on while i watch that movie just doesn't seem too interesting but mm. uh and the reader i'm gonna be hugh jackman and be like i'm not seeing it i'm not gonna see it <laughs> so all right the reader it's I a movie seen sure. the reader <laughs> oh you gotta oh, yeah, watch that me. fucking I gotta, yeah so i gotta like that <laughs> yeah. opening um all right zach does this oh. movie is the best picture? I'm going to do the thing we do. I've seen all these nominees. Um, number four of the others, even though I actually do like the film, I'm going to say Milk. I I think there's some a couple weird uh, directing choices that uh, Gus Van Sant uses here. I remember a lot of the film being kind of dark and murky in certain scenes and hard to see, uh, where there needed to be a little more light. Um, I think it was an important movie for the time that it came out, like a cultural moment where, you know, <sighs> looking back on it, it seemed like happy times. 2008 was the year I got married. So it was like, got we moved into our place together and we were 
voting for Obama and getting married. And it was supposed to be a cheerful time and uh, legalization, gay marriage was around the corner and all this is like, it all seemed like a thing. And I think Sean Penn is great in, in the film. I am a fan. I, I would take away his mystic river Oscar and leave him with this one, even though I do like Mickey work better, but um, yeah, I, it's a movie I really like. And I think, Everyone should see it at least once, or maybe just watch The Life and Times of Harvey Milk, since there's a documentary, too. Yeah. Um, watch both. Yeah. Get yeah. it all, man. His story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I have The Reader, which I have seen, and I really like. Uh, you know, I love Kate Winslet, and it's an interesting story. Um, actually, I picked up a copy of the book at a thrift store, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. I'll be the reader of The Reader. Next up, I have <laughs> The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Sorry, the which, reader of the reader just made me think of who yeah, watches The Watchman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, like, I like the movie a lot, uh, but it feels, I, I don't know, it, it's been a little while since I've watched it, but it almost doesn't feel like a Fincher. I mean, at times it does, but it seems like one of, not one of his top five in my book uh but i do like it and i think um i think Blanchett fincher's got a hard top five though like yeah yeah i i can't see if, if the curious case of benjamin button is in your top five fincher's i i want to see the rest of that list right <laughs> right <laughs> it's just you know this is the one that uh got so much oscar attention and i don't know but it's a really good movie and so it's at my above the other uh the milk and the reader of benjamin button then i've got frost nixon which is great um very performance driven very tense and yeah i see it it's it's interesting uh of the nominees i think we're missing i really think wally should have been nominated for best picture and i I would have bumped out milk or the reader in favor of that the wrestler deserved to be nominated did doubt come out this year or is that Mm -hmm. yeah it sure did it got nominated for some stuff too yeah. That was one I meant to watch. But all, I never did. all four of the actors in that film, I believe, got nominated. Yeah. And it, it's great. It probably deserved a nomination for Best Picture, too. In Bruges, we talked about... I always forget how to say this other one. The <laughs> the New York one, is it? Synodoce? Synecdoche. Synecdoche. I always say Synodoche. Synecdoche. But it's supposed to sound like Schenectady. Schenectady. But it's Synecdoche. Synecdoche. Good. I like that movie. Of the nominees, I would give it to Slumdog Millionaire. Sure. It's, uh, I don't, um, yeah, I like it enough for it to say it deserved Best Picture. I think The Dark Knight, uh, you know, could have been nominated too. It's one of those movies that doesn't deserve or doesn't need it, but it's great. So, yeah, sure. Slumdog deserves it. Sure. All right. Paul. All right. Um, I didn't get to watch all the nominees this, this week. You are uh, most, the worst. Mostly Why because, do you even try? Mostly because Stranger Things, every <laughs> fucking episode was an hour and a half long. <laughs> I, I, I watched to, the I, whole season this week. <laughs> I uh, binged through uh, season two and three. I watched one enough, and now I'm starting to get into four. And then and that ended up getting me into a Wikipedia, uh, or a YouTube uh, rabbit hole. Because oh. I was trying to remember who uh, the big bad is in Stranger Things 4. And then I went to like this one guy's uh, YouTube channel about that guy's lore in D&D. And it just snowballed from there. <laughs> yeah. Good old like, Bad. Quote, unquote, <laughs> running up that hill. Um, 
So I can't do an accurate ranking of how I would look at the films now. So I have something much worse. Your 2008 rankings? My actual 2008 rankings. Hooray! The no- nice. Only the nominated films. Okay. So there's nothing on this list that wasn't nominated. So uh, if you have any questions of where was that movie on this list, it wasn't nominated for an Academy Award. That's what it was. <laughs> there you go. All right. We're going to do, do the top 20. I'm going to do this. Okay. All right. So, and again, these are my, my thoughts in 2008. These are not my thoughts now because... There's some there's a couple of films sitting right outside of the 20 that I think would have absolutely made it into the 20 if I were to rewatch all these today. Mm. All right. So uh, number 20 is Clint Eastwood's Changeling starring uh, Angelina. For, Angelina Jolie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 19 in Bruges, mm. which I think moves way up the list. Uh, number 18, Defiance. Number oh. Number 17, Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm loving the fact that that is getting a resurgence in popularity. Me too. All of the Kung series. Fu Panda movies are great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, number 16, Encounters at the End of the World, the Werner Herzog documentary. Ah. You know, I love Werner Herzog. Yes. Um, number 15, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Number 14, Revolutionary Road, a film I think uh. would drop off this list completely. Uh. <laughs> uh, number 13, Frozen River. Number 12, and going in at my number four of the remaining Academy Award nomination, uh, Best Picture nominations, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, or as I usually like to call it, Forrest Gump 2. <laughs> <laughs> because it was also written by Eric Roth and feels like the exact same movie. Yeah. Number 11, Rachel Getting Married, the Jonathan Demme film. Oh, yeah. Number 10, The Visitor, starring Richard Jenkins. That's suddenly uh, directed by Tom McCarthy. I love that film. Uh, number nine, and going at my number three spot in the remaining uh, Best Picture nominees, The Reader. I did see The Reader, unlike Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight, Iron Man. The film that ruined cinema. Yep. <laughs> number seven. Wait for that. Going in my number two on the remaining uh, Best Picture nominees, Milk. Uh, number six and going in at my number one of the remaining Best Picture nominees, Frost Nixon. A play I was in. Ooh. I played Jack, Br- I played Jack Brennan, who was uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Oh, sweet. All right. And... My five films, I think, should have been nominated for Best Picture this year. Number five, The Wrestler. Uh-huh. Yeah. Number, number four, Man on Wire, the documentary. Because I feel like there should be more documentaries nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, sure. Number three, Wally. Number two, and I guess this is going to answer the question, <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Yes, it deserved Best Picture. And my number one film of the year and on this list. The Dark Knight, the film that ruined cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's <sighs> a hell yeah. of a list. Thank you. Uh, I I think redoing this now, Tropic Thunder absolutely goes in that top twenty. Oh God, that oh, yeah. is amazing. But yeah. I like Mr. Zachary McCoy was taking film a little too seriously in two thousand eight. <laughs> I had no time for this frivolity, even though I loved I loved that film at the time. 
All right, so let's go down for the question. Josh, is this the worst Best Picture? It can't be. It can't be. It's too good. I, I had to watch The Deer Hunter. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and since I wasn't here last time, what did you say was the worst best picture? I don't remember. I don't I remember, don't remember if I, either. I, I don't uh, think I had a pick because I didn't look. I hadn't looked at the previous years you guys had covered. Yeah, that was oh, a okay. minimum. That was a minimum of thirty weeks ago for us. So, so you've had time to do the research now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's Deer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, there was, I, I believe, uh, I checked out Paul's answer when I was on, and it was terrible. I don't remember what Paul picked at that moment. That would have been The Greatest Show on Earth, which is still my yes. my least favorite. Yep, mm-hmm. that's the one. Circus the movie. Circus, circus. the movie. Or Circus the Circus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was even a fucking movie. <laughs> circus the moving images. Yeah. All right. Um... I'm going to agree. No, this is not the worst picture. This is my now number 14. Ooh, nice. In between Casablanca and The Godfather Part 2. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is definitely one I do find myself watching from time to time. Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, it's not. I'm looking at my list, and I'm trying desperately not to put it next to Gandhi, because that would be inappropriate, I feel. Um, <laughs> I mean, it lands where it lands. <laughs> it lands, it lands he was on it the lands. thousand rupees. He was amazing. Gandhi G. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna have million dollar baby as a buffer, and I'm gonna put it at number thirty one. It's my number thirty one. I give it four and a half stars. Um, so number thirty can't take it with you. I I can't put this above that. Uh, so number thirty one. Um, right. I. I do like it. I sometimes when I watch it, I feel like it's an interesting time capsule. It's not one that I, I frequently watch, but when I do, it sure. teleports me back to 2008. All right. And Mr. Workman, is this uh, the worst best picture? No, this film's so good. Uh, I did give it a lowly four and a half stars, though. So it's sitting down at my number 38. This film's so good. It's, it's such a good movie. I couldn't put it over an American in Paris, though, because an American in Paris is just so lovely. I, uh, my mother-in-law was here, and I went outside of my office for the first time, I'm sure, in days. And uh, I saw she was watching that on my TV. I'm like, oh, I've seen that movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> Damn, that Gene Kelly's handsome. Yeah, God damn Yeah. It. All right. Well... I think we're going to call it here. Josh, thank you very much for joining us today, sir. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is an absolute pleasure to get to watch this movie and talk about it with you guys. You know, yeah, our pleasure. My pleasure for finally getting to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, pelt out today? Any plugs? Any uh, yeah. Social uh, medias. Come uh, come find me, listen to me at Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. You can visit my website, constantreaders.org. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio, Twitter at Dairy Public. And when is this releasing? Week and a half or so. Week and a half. Mm-hmm. It'll I be have, after next. We'll have a beer out. Ooh. So if you're in the Quad Cities, the Midwest, come have uh, a, a nice, refreshing Room 217 at Nerdspeak Brewery. 
for our first uh, Dairy Public Radio Nerdspeak collaboration that, beer. Ooh, that is exciting. That yeah, is exciting. it's going to be a cherry cheesecake Berliner Weiss. Hey, and uh, they're going to make it a, a slu- they're going to make it a slushy. Also, so you have to give us a slushy. All right, so beer <laughs> slushy. I'm only about three hours away from you, and I'm like thinking, hmm. They they do the four packs of cans. You can grab it and take them home with you too. Yeah, get a slushy from Wait. the road. Hell yeah! Give me a reason to hit that, that way. <laughs> nice. All right. Are you guys still doing the uh, streaming thing? Yep, we stream once a month uh, on over on Twitch, Dairy Public Radio on Twitch. I believe later this month we'll be doing a watch party. Uh, so we're going to be picking a, a horror movie or a movie of some kind and watching it with uh, with our viewers. Fun. Yeah. I definitely have to join that one. Absolutely. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, at Altorn underscore Occam. Where can we find you? I forgot to shout out, you know, Jonathan's wearing his Batman shirt, and I got my Batman Lego Batman cup tonight, of course. I'd have to turn my laptop around to show off all my Batman. All of Batman. I'm playing Arkham Knight right now. So we're what? all right now? Yes. <laughs> during this during this podcast. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. That's, that that's where that's where he was distracted when we got into the uh yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the worst yeah. judgment. Goddamn yeah. Riddler trophies. That's about to say. <laughs> Here's my Blu-ray Batman anthology. Noise. Beautiful. I picked that up last year. It's beautiful. Four masterpieces in a row. Mm. Very nice. But you could find me on Critiker at Zachmaster. X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. TikTok at House Havoc Letterbox. You can search by my name. This week, I watched an additional movie and another half of a movie that I haven't finished yet. I finally got to see everything, everywhere, all at once. And... <laughs> it is pretty good. I, is correct. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, I'm I'm sad to say that I didn't laugh or cry as much as I thought I would. Maybe the bar had been set too high. But I, I was afraid that would happen. Yeah, there, I there, need, there, there might have been some overhype. I will say straight up, it's a movie I need to watch at least two more times. It's it's got a ton yep. of rewatch value, and I'm yep. I'm going to pick up things. On additional watches, right. I am absolutely sure. I gave it four and a half stars. I I, I really loved it. Um, Having seen it twice at the movie theaters, I will tell you, you definitely need to see it a second time. Yeah, and I will. I, I <sighs> there was one scene. It's funny the the scenes in movies that bother me the most are never like the big over the top violence. It's it was the, the finger. It was the finger cuts, wasn't it? Exactly. Oh God! It's the absolute fucking worst. I, yeah. <laughs> I looked. I looked away. Great. I honestly, I di- I didn't watch it. I turned my head during that because it was making Look, me clench. I, I'm about to talk about a movie <laughs> that didn't make me flinch once. The way that fucking paper cut seemed. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, y'all just never See, gave yourself great. paper cuts for fun. No. <laughs> oh man, no. I, 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 all the time. I, no, I we, would rather cut my arm. Like with a knife, then get a paper cut. I would rather cut my life into pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Only if it's a last resort, man. (laughs) The other movie I started watching was uh, The Worst Person in the World. I'm about halfway through that. That one makes me feel a lot of things. And makes me think a lot. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to finishing that. It's so good. Uh, And Paul. Yes. Where do we find you? Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And today, Joseph Tappy and I went to go see 
David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Ooh, that is intriguing. Intriguing. I'm, I'm still sitting on a lot of things that happened in that film. Gotcha. Uh, I went ahead and gave it four and a half stars on okay. Letterboxd. Uh, but like I said, it didn't make me flinch once the way <laughs> I was hoping it would. Yeah. The way that paper cuts in. <laughs> yeah. I've seen all the headlines about it grossing people out and them walking out. And yeah. So it didn't do that to you though. Not even close. Mm. Uh, it's, it's far from the strangest thing I've ever seen Cronenberg do. So yeah. if people, people who are walking out of this film have never seen a Cronenberg movie. Gotcha. I, I can't imagine going into this movie blind and not having seen like video <laughs> drone. <laughs> <Did> I? Oh. <laughs> I tell you, I saw a headline the other day. I don't even remember what the headline was, but it introduced Cronenberg as the director of Crash. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that one. (laughs) Hmm. That'd be a why I'd watch that version of that movie, though. Have you seen Cronenberg's Crash? No. His 1996 film Crash. It is a movie about people who get off on car crashes. (gasps) Awesome. Seriously, (laughs) see that movie. It's interesting it's wild perfect all right all All right right. so zach what are we watching next week next week we are watching the hurt locker which you can rent on amazon fubo tv google philo sling tv youtube voodoo or stream on netflix those bastards those bastards those bastards well, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up a Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like Thanks, to thank Chad, Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarwisty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. I thought you said the almighty algorithm. What kind of name is algorithm? (laughs) (laughs) Bring back the remix. Trav, mix it up. Cotton candy, mac and cheese. Cotton candy, mac and cheese. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? (sighs) So, for Joshua Khan, Jonathan, Zach, and the late, great Ephraim Khan, we'd like for you all. Have a damn fun day.